Welcome to CodeCast. We're a podcast that focuses on everything tech, and we give you an idea of what developers, startups, and creatives are up to in Zambia and across Africa. Every two weeks, we explore different topics and applications of technology in the real world. Every episode is brought to you by Agora Code Community. For more information, visit agoracode.community or follow us on Twitter at CodeAgora. Hi, I'm Twombo, co-founder at Investisani, and you're listening to The Codecast. Welcome to episode 12 of Codecast. Topic today, bootstrapping projects using open source. I'm Elias, uh, and uh, today Cynthia isn't around, but the rest of the panel is. Hi everybody, uh, Mukuma here. Hey guys, uh, where's he here? And we have a guest. <laughs> yeah, who is the guest? Oh, wow. That's a good start. Who is the guest? <laughs> Thank you for kicking it off. Guest. Please, start. Who are Introduce you? Introduce hey, yourself. Hey, hey guest. Uh, yes, please. Guest? Yeah. Glad <laughs> 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 Yeah, um, Twombo, developer. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's yeah. always nice meeting people yeah. you meet online, like in real life. We met online. Oh my god! Yeah, online. Yeah, we actually did meet online. Like, I, I think I followed you on Twitter after like finding um, silhouette. Uh, mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, I found this little larval thing. Yes, not little. It's mm. <laughs> 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 so like I I forked it and then yeah Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we're here. Mm. Now we're here. So now here we are. Okay. Uh, okay. So before we get into the topic of the show, uh, shall we get into some news? Oh yeah, definitely. As per custom, uh, news. Yeah. Uh, so we have a lot of news. Like a lot of stuff happened. Mm-hmm. We'll try cram as much stuff as we can, but honestly, we might not be able to. Yeah. So we're we're going to talk about some of the the big news that uh, happened this week, but we won't be able to cover everything. You know what was big? Mm-hmm. Google Stadia. Yeah. <laughs> I have opinions on this. Me too. <laughs> But it's just Google being Google, guys. Well, uh, perhaps let's get into it, right? So uh, Google Stadia is uh, Google's streaming service for games. Now, if you haven't heard this before, it's because it rarely happens. Okay, so there, 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 there are services that do streaming. Like uh, PlayStation Now is available. Mm. Like it offers streaming, though it doesn't offer like PlayStation Four games. I think it offers a few of them, but like. It's 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 not the promise of Google that is saying, hey, 4K 60 frames per second, bro, like, across all devices, bro, anywhere. I know, bro. Like it's basically it's basically them saying like you don't have to buy like a box anymore. You don't have to buy like mm. a spec'd out PC or anything. Mm. Just buy our controller, subscribe, and we'll sort you out. Do you know what you do need to buy though? What do a you crazy need? internet connection? Thank you, thank you for I stating that. that out. Like uh, I think the 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 minimum requirement is thirty uh, megabits per second. <laughs> why, why? Minimum. Yeah. So mega megabits, not mm, megabytes. Mm, like megabytes, mm. it's uh like three three point seven five or something like that. But that's still a lot. Now for context, for context, you're not getting it in Zambia anytime soon. Both from uh, the perspective of streaming and also availability. Like, it's not coming here anytime soon. Mm. But we need to talk about it because, especially for me personally as a gamer, mm. uh, there's a lot of this going around, like the conversation of 
where is gaming going like yeah. are we going to be buying consoles yeah, in the yeah, future yeah. or not and i just like to point out that it's pretty similar to what happened when we're coming from the playstation 3 to playstation 4 generation mm. people are like yo consoles are out it's over like we we're, we're, we're moving to mobile gaming now like that's the future that's the future yeah. we'll talk more about that uh in a bit but People keep saying that the the whole buy a box, play games on it model is going out. Outdated. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly? I I don't think so. I don't think so. No. I think it's going to evolve. Yeah. But not anytime soon especially with like streaming services guys yeah. no, but then if we talk no, about but even the game soon yeah. like what, what kind of period are we looking at because in my head when I was listening to like the keynote it, it was great and everything I was like yeah 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 like every single thing I was just like yes yeah. yes yes mm. then it, it settles in you're like wait a wait. minute um, <laughs> like if, if all things considered right yeah. 10 years 15 years consoles kind of phase out everything considered like yeah. if we have good internet connection mm. affordable mm. to um across the globe you know all that stuff it's feasible but yeah. then that's just not the case yeah that's on paper i think google guys google is an ambitious company known to try anything once at least just once so the you model know? is fail fail until you get it right so oh is that no the model? but yeah. here's the thing right new. Yeah. google it's not that tagline but yeah it's like um yeah like okay that makes sense then Google, then this makes sense. Google are, Google are jumping into this, but they're not the first to like play around with like was streaming. First? Like I've already mentioned, like uh, PlayStation uh, bought Gaikai a few years ago that were doing uh, video game streaming. That's now PlayStation now. So there's services that you can actually use to stream. I think there's another one. I'm I'm, I'm spacing on the name, but Google aren't the first. Mm-hmm. The thing is, Google are trying to basically get the whole Netflix model and say okay this is a streaming service one two you're going to pay a monthly subscription and you're just going to be given a library of games so that means with they're the partnering with, with third-party developers so i think on stage they were, sh- they were showing uh assassin's uh, creed assassin's odyssey, creed odyssey yeah. uh its software's doom eternal which mm. i'm so hyped for uh, they said it's going to it's going to come to the platform as well it's going to be 4k 60 frames per second hmm. like like that's yeah, that's I, that's I, I really ambitious. But here's the thing, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> let me let me just for context, right? Yeah. Microsoft has Game Pass, which is not a streaming service, but it is a subscription model, and you have games in that subscription model that you can play. Difference is you don't have to stream them; they just let you download them and play them but it's a subscription model. Mm. That is like kind of like a midway, right? It's, it's, it's following the subscription model that is becoming so popular in services nowadays. Like you, you, you subscribe for a service, you don't have to worry about buying things, you just mm. have to do things. But it also understands that you're not able to stream games. Games are different from video. Like you can stream 4K video and yeah. it's fine. But when you're interacting with something, that latency, that yeah. lag, so, so even that multiplayer games. aspect. Yeah. I, I, so they, they, they did a demo, right? Was it Assassin's Creed? Uh, to be honest, I stopped halfway. I didn't watch. The I, demo. I didn't. I didn't actually watch the full keynote. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, like you know, like, the first like 15, 20 minutes, I was like blown away. Mm. But then, like halfway through it, and I'm like, this is not for me. No, nah, yeah. it's really this, not. This is the thing that this is the thing that bothers me about a lot of technology, especially the hype around technology 
in recent times. Mm. There's a lot of stuff that's not relevant to a lot of us as consumers. And it's not even just us in like less developed countries, but even, Everywhere. Out, even yeah. outside of, outside <laughs> yeah. of us. Yeah. Like, there's that's a very privileged true. few that can afford to do some of this stuff, which is a huge market, mm. sure. Gaming PCs do a ton of business in the yep. US yep. and in Europe. You know, but things like yeah, that thirty megabits. Well, I don't <laughs> think you need 30, 30 megabits, but I think ten you'll be fine. But still, getting ten here that's not shaped. Good luck. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you know that that kind of thing is really expensive here. I mean, if you, the last I knew, you're looking at to get like a ten a ten meg connection in Zambia. You're looking at what is it like one point five, one point seven. Thousand kwacha, something like that. Uh, yeah, nearly, it's about a thousand. Grand, it's like, it's about two thousand kwacha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nearly two two grand, right? But just jump a, away a couple of countries to SA, and you can get a ten meg at in the region of like three hundred and fifty rand. Yeah, uncapped. I, I've got a you question know? though. <laughs> Why is there such a like? Okay, we're going to talk about I know that near the ocean and all that stuff. Mm. Like. It's not just there. <laughs> like, there's other countries that are landlocked just like we are, uh, but pay significantly less for an internet connection. Like, what's the issue? Infrastructure. Mm. You can get fiber here in Lusaka. There are billboards telling you you can get fiber in this neighborhood. Straight to your doorstep. Yeah. Mm. Except, except you can't. Ex- <laughs> like, I, yeah, like... There's like no I, fiber in dollar. There's no fiber in Chelston. <laughs> no, but there is there is fiber in the ground. Oh, there okay. is none oh, okay. in anybody's house yeah. <laughs> because okay. they're still building the infrastructure. So at the moment, like what you what you're doing is basically paying the cost for the development of the infrastructure at yeah. present. Yeah. So whilst it's still a niche market for a lot of people, you know you're the one going to be supporting the rollout of that product until the price can come down. So it'll be expensive until. Yeah. You know, people are getting fiber in, I don't know. Yeah. Chelston. I I also would have been impressed if they um, demoed the multiplayer game, eh? but it was single player. Uh, So the multiplayer aspect of it is... I, I don't even think is the issue because like when you're playing multiplayer games you, you you're 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 pinging a server anyway yeah so that that isn't going to change actually it might even improve a little uh if if you're both playing on the same server that way it's oh. registering like it's registering there's a, input there's a minimum threshold for your connection quality in order to use the platform then definitely yeah, it makes the multiplayer experience much better yeah mm-hmm. so at the moment you'll be playing multiplayer and one person's on you know one yeah one, one yeah then, on yeah exactly. exactly yeah so guys on a 10 meg connection exactly he's owning because he's you know everybody he's <laughs> like you see it all the time yeah. Yeah. yeah like he's, he's he, he shoots you like two times you you empty a clip and nothing, nothing. because you're lagging yeah but yeah like the issue is the input lag right when you're playing games you don't want to press a button and wait even microseconds yeah. like it's noticeable when you're playing games spoken as a true gamer yeah. no, it's, it's 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 not it's not even that yeah. like these yeah. things you actually notice them like i was playing uh the anthem beta recently uh with a couple of friends and there was this bug where i was getting lag every time i fired my gun not even lag registering the shots uh when i'm like i'm 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 pressing the button and it's taking a, a, a millisecond and like i noticed that thing and for me like i was like okay so i'm not buying this game Ish. so if 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 that's going to be a problem across all the games at stadia 
I'm not in. I'm, I'm definitely not in. Well, and if Google is listening, there's some free uh, consumer habit. Yeah, but they, they're, they're smart. They know. They know that. But like, what's, what's their selling point? Like, is it you, you don't get the box, you just get the uh, controller? Yeah. What's, what's, you can is play that their selling point? I think the, the thing about this, the real opportunity for them mm. and why, actually, just like I I can't remember the companies. I've watched like three videos about companies doing this. You know, they talk about new data centers that they're building, wherein mm. the main focus is on GPUs, not on CPUs and mm -hmm. the, the regular things that data centers focus mm. on, but mainly on, yeah, we're putting so many GPUs into this one box. On, in this box, you know, we've got virtualization going on. And yeah. We've got like six GPUs in this box, our own design, et cetera, et cetera, to run this experience, et cetera. You know, that kind of thing takes the onus off of the consumer to have the adequate hardware to play a specific game. Mm. So if you're a PlayStation uh, fan or an Xbox fan, whatever it is, A, you don't care about that and mm. playing with your friends. It mm. doesn't matter what platform you're on. Yeah. And B, you don't have to have all of that envy when a new product is announced and have to start figuring out, do I sell this one? Yeah. Do yep. I go all in and just buy the new one, keep the old one and all of that? I think that's what they're going for is the fact that you don't have to upgrade hardware or maintain hardware in the first place. Yeah. And anywhere you go, as long as you've got that connection, you take your gamepad with you and mm. you can play wherever it is that you are. As long as yeah. you have a screen and your gamepad, that's the whole selling point of it it's it's similar it's similar to how uh it moved from buying dvds to streaming video on netflix right mm. you have all this content on netflix mm. and you just pay a one-time fee and you have access to everything you have access to everything you don't have to worry about you know lugging around yeah like all you need is your tv your phone which yeah is, is also another thing about stadia you'll be able to play it on phones your pc regardless of, of 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 what you have right yeah like, and uh i've got a question right um availability aside and so on and so forth uh, connections bandwidth network infrastructure do you think this is an opportunity for like you know small studios indie games to like um make a bit of cash so it's an opportunity whenever a new platform uh, is, is kind yeah. of brought up so if uh let me give you a perfect example right uh the the guys that make unreal the epic game store right they they just came on and they're like basically saying okay we're gonna fight with steam we're gonna like challenge the whole pc gaming yeah. thing we're yeah. gonna and their big selling point to developers is uh instead of the 30 percent cut that steam gets yeah. from game developers there's this like 12 percent so that in and of itself is incentivizing developers to put it on their store. Yeah. Now, developers are going to put it on the store because they know they're going to make more money, but then you also look at the install base. So when you're developing a game for PS4, you know, okay, there's this many people that have a PS4. Uh, this many people have this, 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 and this, okay? Now, that, 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 that kind of changes when you, you, you're having a subscription model. Mm. They're also incorporating the whole development thing as part of Stadia. Like you can develop on Stadia yeah. using Unreal for now. I don't know if... Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, the benefit to developers, right? Whatever platform is giving developers more vis uh, visibility is perfectly good for them, right? So, in the case of uh, Epic Game Store, right, you have... 
the benefit to developers that they are going to be making more money because Steam gets a 30% um, it gets a 30% cut of uh, profits across the board, right? Epic Games Store cuts that down to 12%. <laughs> so when you're looking at a platform that is giving people more visibility, inherently you 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 want to be on that platform, right? Mm. Because, well, at least in the the traditional model, you get more money the more sales you make, and the more sales you make is dependent on how visible your game is and how many people you put that game in front of, right? But with the subscription model, it's kind of different, right? You're not making money on sales. I'm assuming you're going to make money on streams, or how? I'd love to know what that what that whole model is. As yeah. Far as, as far as developers is concerned, like, I, I already have a lot of misgivings about this whole model because of the way that music streaming works. So it's for that I can see for your developer because if the platform is what you develop on now and they're giving you access to perhaps um, engines or frameworks that you didn't previously have access to. Yes, yeah. there are some open source for, uh, engines and frameworks, etc. but a bunch of them you pay for, mm -hmm. right? So for your smaller developer, or even your guy at home, because this happens all the time, you have small uh, developers who manage to create huge things that blow up and become the next huge thing. Mm. For those people, this is now an opportunity to, okay, I'm developing for Stadia, and it doesn't mean I'm developing for PC, I'm developing for Mac, or I'm developing for Linux, yeah, or I'm yeah, developing exactly. for PlayStation, yeah. or for Xbox, yeah. or for Android, you know? Like, there's so many platforms that you can target as a games developer, or any developer. Hmm. The minute that as a games developer, because this is hard, life cycle for development for most games is what, two years? Yeah, that's yeah. This, is, this is where you've actually got everything on lock. You yeah. have yeah. all of your stats in place, all of your information, etc. So if you're just starting out, something like, I would guess three years, you gotta do your research, get your skills up, etc. Yeah. If you can cut that down, and when you release, you're releasing onto every possible platform there is, great stuff. It's a plus. So it would actually be really interesting because the thing with Stadia is you don't have to build up the install base, right? Mm. Uh, ideally, in an ideal world, you don't have well, to... You just have to fight for visibility versus all the oh, AAA titles. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yes. that's what I was yeah. thinking about. Like, <laughs> you, yeah. Now you're in a pool fighting with like AAA games. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like a small indie developer and you're like, crap. But oh, that's always, the, that's the, always like, the case. What was the game? Um, what is this thing called? A dark room, I think. I think it was called a dark room. Um, you can put this in the show notes or something. Uh, should, you will yeah. find it. You'll find yeah. it. But anybody who's listening, just Google that. A dark room. This game, small indie game that ran. I think it was 2016, if I'm not mistaken. I'm guessing, right? At okay. this point, I'm reaching into into my memory. But tiny game, but people went crazy for it. Absolutely crazy. And. That's the thing. People like an experience. They'll share that experience. They'll yeah. sh want people to have that same yeah. experience. experience. The same way that people talk about, dude, Game of Thrones, Red Wedding, must watch. <laughs> and you know, you want you want, yeah, you want, to, want to have the same experience. So, if that happens, all the people who are interested in trying out, yeah, that little unknown game and whatever it is, they'll create the hype that's required for people to actually share that experience. And it's just easier because, oh, you don't have PlayStation. Oh, yeah. but you don't have Xbox. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it works on Android. Mm. I don't like gaming on my phone. You know, so yeah. now it's, dude, use whatever you want. Mm. 
you know, but play this game. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. No, but That's must how say, I got my first concert. I, I felt left out. Oh, so it's, it's, <laughs> that's sad. It's pretty much the same. Uh, and he's not sad. He got a console. Happy ending. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Before Elias gets <laughs> goes in on this. No, uh, but uh, 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 okay. <laughs> anyway, other news items. I was just about to say, it's Stadia is only available for the Chrome browser, by the way. So there's I, a catch. I was actually, I was actually going to catch. I was actually going to, I was actually going to ask uh, how, like, in the future, like, let's say Stadia gains, you know, the traction that it needs to gain to become a big thing, right? Do you think the big, the big three, Nintendo, Microsoft, and PlayStation, say, okay, we'll create an app for you on your PlayStation that you can use to stream Stadia games? You'll be able to use your PlayStation console. Like, I. The thing is, I see Microsoft doing that. Nah. I do not see Sony doing that. Okay, I don't know what Microsoft's trajectory will be with that because Microsoft's been interesting with the moves that they're making of late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to be quite honest, they run arguably the biggest cloud platform, at least for enterprise. I don't see why they need to, yeah, let's accommodate Stadia when they can do it themselves. They do have their own publishing powerhouse with Microsoft games and all the relationships are available. They could just make friends with Nintendo and PlayStation and say, dude, let's make something together. So the thing is, yeah, the thing is, Microsoft's strategy of late hasn't been, okay, this is a competing thing, so we're not going to. It's kind of been... Okay, we have we have these services. Like case in point, uh, recently the Master Chief Collection was announced for PC, right? There's a Microsoft store on PC, but they said it's going to be available on Steam as well. Like people don't seem to like realize the significance of that because Microsoft is like basically saying, okay, our competition is going to have this game as well. Like that's basically taking away one of the reasons to get an Xbox or one of the reasons to use the Windows Store. You can get the, the you can get the Xbox like one of the big Xbox games on Steam. Okay, so I I that's why I say I see Microsoft doing it. I do not see Sony doing it. Okay, but while we're on this, right? Um, Apple with arcade. So yeah, let's let's get into Apple with arcade, right? So Apple's arcade is basically uh, more similar to uh, Microsoft's Game Pass, except it's uh, kind of for mobile games so yeah it's 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 really it, it really is for mobile games even though they're saying it's going to be available on mac and Can ipad I just say that apple lacks direction right now it's a spray at this point i i i must say after this Accurate. conference i agree no 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 no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> this is sad at this point like I've got, no, I've got no words for this. I've never- can I can I just can I just say? Mm. Uh, I think I think uh, Mark like uh, added me in a tweet that was like Microsoft is becoming like general dealers and whatnot. Yeah, he basically said Apple should rename their yeah, brand to to Apple, Apple General Dealers. I didn't get that tweet. Mm. I I didn't no. I I'm and I'm not like I I don't even know who tweeted it. So like it's actually not, Rio Phoenix guy. So I don't I I didn't get what he meant by that. I would I would say that this conference just showed that Apple is like you said kind of swinging for the fences and hoping something sticks because if you noticed none of their products had any kind of release date. Uh they they announced uh 
their Apple card. They announced Apple uh, TV streaming service, Apple TV Plus. Uh, they announced News Plus. They announced Arcade. None of them have a set date. None of them have any kind of pricing. They're basically, they basically had, and these events are not cheap. There was pricing for some of us. Did you see the celebrities on the stage, bro? This is, (laughs) but that's, that's, that's case on point, right? They didn't show us anything. If you think about it, they didn't show us anything. They basically just said, look at all the people we're working with. (laughs) Look at, look at, that's marketing. No, no, no. We're we're running out of patience. (laughs) I think I'm not even an Apple guy and I know you guys are running out of patience. Like how much longer are you going to take this scam? I just want to understand how, as somebody in the Apple ecosystem, you're expected to buy into all this stuff. All of this was subscriptions. Average subscription price of any product at the moment, $10. Yep. How many products did they announce? Uh, four? So bumping up, in addition to Apple Music and whatever else you're Apple Music, iCloud storage. So let's add another 40 bucks. Like, do, do your pockets go this deep as a consumer? Like, so- is this real? Here's here's one thing I'll say uh, about their whole subscription model. I feel like the company that comes out, uh, like because these guys are all trying to keep you in their ecosystem, right? So Apple is basically saying, okay, Disney's coming out with something. Uh, Netflix is huge. Uh, Google are doing their YouTube Red and whatnot. We want to get in on this, okay? So they're basically saying we have a large a large number of people that you know, have iPhones and MacBooks, like the install base is huge, especially in North America. They're basically saying, we're going to provide a service that works best with these devices that we know everyone has, right? That's their whole shtick. That's that's what Apple does, right? Apple Music. I'd like to see the number of people that are on Apple Music that use Android phones. Like it's, 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 it must be like a handful of people. Like I, 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 I thought it was Spotify accidentally, <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> wow. But like back to arcade, I don't, I don't get it, but I've got to say, I prefer this model. Okay. Let me back up. I prefer this model to Stadia's model because it lets you download the games. It lets and you, you play, play the games offline. offline. Yeah. And I've got to say, the developers that they listed are pretty, are, are, are pretty, pretty decent. I know they're mobile games, so I'm not gonna play any of them. But these are these are ga- like they've got Devolver Digital. Mm-hmm. They, 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 these guys developed or like published uh, Hotline Miami, one of like one of your favorite, one of my all-time favorite games. Okay, also they've your got, favorite soundtracks. Uh, <laughs> I, I still can't believe you don't enjoy Hotline Miami soundtrack. No, 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 no. I enjoy it, but just not as much as you. <sighs> For another time. Uh, <laughs> they, they, but like, yeah, like the point is they have like big guns and obviously they're going to get big guns. They're Apple. They have the money. Yeah, yeah. But you're looking at like what they're trying to do. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like if the games could be like really good on like an Apple TV or something, yeah, they actually have a shot because this model, unlike Google's model, doesn't require that you have a bomb ass internet yeah. connection, right? You can basically do what, like I said, Game Pass is doing. And I, I really think that's the best approach. It's like a middle ground, right? Okay, you don't have the best internet connection, but you want to be paying for games 
you, you or you want to pay a subscription and you want to forget about this subscription uh or you want to forget about this one-time payment and just have it recurring like we do with spotify netflix you know these things like personally that's just become a part of my life you know what i love from what you're telling me i need some apple money too all this stuff all this stuff i have to subscribe to come on guys no it's 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 so i feel like i'm not getting my point across i agree with you guys okay. <laughs> there are too many subscription models especially with apple it's like apple is just saying okay there's all these things that you can subscribe to if one person could subscribe to one thing on their iphone then i think we're making a lot of money yeah i think what what rubbed me the wrong way about this and i didn't watch the keynote i don't watch apple i've never watched an apple keynote i don't but i've stopped watching you keynotes anyway i never have Any. um apple no uh, even I steve jobs it. like never. when he was like doing his whole never. i've just not bothered <laughs> <But> <laughs> anyway, like the thing because that okay never mind I, i'm okay I'm, I'm not a fan of the apple ecosystem no. yeah. never been no never so i'm we'll get into that when we talk about me and my history but I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a completely like uh, i was a complete windows person but anyway besides the point so the thing that rubbed me the wrong way about apple's whole rollout and announcement was the card because yeah. this is that's like just greed that is like um <laughs> yeah. the the shareholders getting up and in, into arms and saying why is microsoft now the most valuable company in the world mm-hmm. when we were just mm-hmm. a couple of months ago and can we make more money these iphones are not doing numbers mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. released three of them and they're not pushing units yeah and they basically answered with okay let's figure out how we can get more money by making people accrue debt because that's what the card is. it's a credit yeah, card that, that's that There's yeah no it's a debit. credit card it, no 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 it's, it's a credit card, card. it's Dude. debt it's i don't it's have Apple, money like, today yeah. but i want that new ipad that's great that's that that great. and that perfectly put, yeah that's great. and you know they they made this whole thing about how like you 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 don't have to use your banks and like it's us <laughs> that are managing and i'm like guys what, this is basically they're your bank yeah, yeah like what, what do you're you like, do guys yeah. this is not the way that you're supposed to go because like yeah. like you're saying it just comes off as greedy like you're basically yeah. saying okay like you said like iphone sales are not doing numbers anymore like i think the market has saturated or people are just saying like the iphone isn't innovating anymore so look there's just so many other devices for so yeah. an even cheaper price so yeah it's not even just that it's there's so many other devices that are all good and that last longer so for the you. the usage cycle the re-up cycle is yeah. way longer now yeah the last phone i had i had for four and a half years yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard of, you know, I, I, I can't right? I can't talk about how long I had my last phone. Yeah, please. <laughs> no, but like yeah, exactly. Like so like the market is basically saying, look, my phone still works fine. Exactly. Why should I replace it? Yeah. Okay? So now they're thinking about more ways to make money. Mm-hmm. So they're pushing these services, okay? Yeah, and that's what that's what he said, you know. Yeah. There's there's no point of direction at this point. No, there's not. You know okay. what? We could talk about no, Apple. We could talk about Apple yeah. all night. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually enjoying this. <laughs> okay. You know what? Uh in brief. <laughs> in brief. Um so MTN launched this thing. You can now buy airtime through like WhatsApp. It's a bot. You know, basically USSD, you know yeah. your host star one one four whatever, whatever. Yeah. Can buy airtime but through WhatsApp. And um I don't know. I don't know if this is really um so wait i need to remember this 
it's through your MTN money account, I think, yeah. that gets charged. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I thought about this. Like, you, is it push your SSD? Is that, is that what happens? So yeah. basically, um, so similar to what we have on this side, basically. So yeah, very similar. So you have a specific bot number. You 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 basically text it. Yeah. Then it gives you options. One sends you back a response. Mm, okay. Three sends you back a response. How do you feel about bots? Um, well, I feel like it's convenient, but it's like half and half. Like we talked about Twitter, for example, and how there's like been this really huge influx of bots. You don't know what's real and what's not. Yeah. In another episode, we talked about the lady that called into a dealership and there was a bot and you couldn't identify, you know, like they thought she was a bot and she had to walk into the store to actually prove that she wasn't a bot. I don't know. Google Assistant, yeah. also convenient. No, not Allo. Um what was it called? The, the, it made a huge splash. Like it sounded like a person like talking, making a reservation. It was on a keynote. You probably didn't see it. Look, look. Like first, first thoughts, right? It's really good. Like it's really good innovation. There's a lot of convenience. That's what we crave for. So right now, I use the my MTN app mm-hmm. for all of my things, right? Mm-hmm. So now. What exactly is so much better about opening up WhatsApp, finding a chat, texting the thing, a bunch of things, yeah. versus just using their app? That, that this was this is exactly what cool. I had in mind. It's like, cool. Is this really convenient? <laughs> it's not. Like, that's tech. How it's cool. It no, it's not any better. Like, it's cool. Like, in the initial run, it sounds like a really good idea. Like, when I stumbled across this, I was like, yo, great. Then I thought about it, I'm like, is it really relevant? To me, to me, it sounds like just another thing to talk about and want, wanting to be the first. Another gimmick. Yeah, it's another gimmick. gimmick. Yeah. No, I don't think that this is actually adding any value to no. the no. ecosystem. No, it's not. It sounds like somebody had an idea and knew the right person who could push it through so that they could get paid. Yeah. That's yeah. what it sounds like to me, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm really honest. I don't... I don't no interesting value. So they're talking about like in the future, right? They want you to be able to store your credit card as well, information. But I'm like red flag. Wait, sorry, MDN. Yes. So like eventually, eventually. <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> That's a very like. Where is this credit card information going to be stored? So like, this is an attempt. You know how WhatsApp is everywhere. Like they have like a. Yeah, like a lot of users and stuff like that. So they anticipate that if they build an entire like platform on top of WhatsApp, they can basically make more money. Yeah, I'm not putting my credit card information there. Yeah, so here's the here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Even the infrastructure, like yeah, yeah. no, but like that that's actually almost a step backwards because, like, to your point, like. I use uh, my FNB to buy most of my like. Yeah, I'm on Airtel, but like most of my like mobile airtime and stuff like that, right? I just go to the 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 F&B thing, and I. Mm. That means the only way I'm interacting uh, with uh, like um, Airtel is basically through my bank, okay? okay? Mm. Not through Apple Card or whatever. Mm. Do you have I, Airtel, Do you have Airtel money? No, okay. I don't use Airtel money. I don't use MTN money. 
everything I do, I basically buy through my F&B account. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and, and it works. And it works <laughs> perfectly, might I add. Dude. Okay. Now they even Seamlessly. removed it. Removed, Seamlessly. They removed those like little costs that they they used to charge you yeah, for these yeah. trends. So now yeah. I just buy it, and Shout it doesn't. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> big ups. <laughs> but like, I'm now thinking like, why, why, why would I remove myself? from the comfort of knowing that the only person that has my bank information is my bank as in an ideal world it should be at you least can, in the context you guys, you guys of airtel do, you guys should do an episode about e-commerce safety with your transactions yeah. finances or whatever definitely you should do something along those lines yep. but i i definitely think that you're right being in one ecosystem as far as your payments is concerned is fine enough yeah i don't know who is left out that they felt they needed to introduce whatsapp for because if you've got whatsapp this means that you're not on a feature phone which uh, is fine because you still use ussd because yep. if the primary payment uh, option is through your mobile money mm. then on a feature phone you're fine because you just do the ussd thing i yeah. argue it's probably faster once you've memorized all of the things yeah like you can probably do it mm. faster than talking to the to the chat yeah there's just quite, no need perfect. like look so like buy it purchase data on whatsapp like what am i using to purchase the data in the first place <laughs> don't i have it's just it's you know that that, that that was a thing at some point i remember i needed data to access something and it was like a loop and it was very frustrating yeah. i don't remember what that was but i was like, so annoyed why, why, why am i doing this <laughs> this, this is my confusion i've got the mtn app it does all of this yeah you know what for if me I, if i've got whatsapp I've, also, I, I've got the ability to have the mtn app yeah What's exactly there? you know for me like my big the biggest improvement in terms of mobile money and payments and finance and whatever is connecting my mobile wallet to my bank account because i feel like it should have been easier for me to move money from my bank account to my mobile wallet yeah. and vice versa and for me that's very important yeah. and i, I feel like it should be cross bank yes. not like agreements between one bank mm. and one msp cross bank yeah. mm. They're doing those integrations one at a time, though. So yeah. not fast enough. <laughs> that, whole, that whole national switch thing is still well; it hasn't yet gone through. So. Yeah, it's 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 taken quite a long time. But all that frustration aside, you know, let's actually get into what we're here for today. Topic of the like day. Like Wait, there's more. The truth, <laughs> the truth is, okay, like on all these topics, I could actually talk about with you guys for like a lot. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I'm, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the problem with you, know, you, you like you absorb a lot of information. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, moving on to less interesting things. <laughs> okay, you like to differ. <laughs> you know what? Let's start with this. How did you become a programmer? Like we always tell our stories. Uh, we don't really have enough time to like um, cycle through, but yeah, yeah. That's a tough question. Cause, hey. so um, I grew up around computers. Really, my dad. My dad was in IT, so the first computer I actually touched, I think I was like five or something. Uh, for context, because this is more normal today, <laughs> but so I'll, be, I'll be 34 this year. So we're talking about 1990, or some, somewhere back then, because my dad, my dad, you worked, okay, I'm not going to name drop companies, but you worked for a company that... He, the way he tells it, they were some of the first people to bring computers into the country. When you actually had to ask Plot One for special permission to bring a computer into the country. Wait, wow! I'm too young. You couldn't, you yeah. couldn't bring in a computer without special dispensation. On some, yes, you may bring in a computer. So <laughs> the company had to actually request formally from Plot One 
we want to bring in such such computer whatever my, my, my. wow so there was a point when he had they weren't laptops back then they were personal computers portable computers you know it came in a suitcase <laughs> or, it, or it was that the was, suitcase <laughs> yes exactly yeah so you know that was the, like the first computer i touched i he brought that home one day along with um a sheet of paper and the sheet of paper had code on it it was basic Ooh. So back then, oh, it there, wasn't basic. A, there wasn't enough, <laughs> there wasn't enough uh, memory on the machine to like keep stuff on there. You every time you ran something, you installed it, so to speak. Yeah. You know, you had to. There were a bunch of floppies that you put into the computer. It mm-hmm. read that into memory. Yeah. Put in the next one. Read it into memory. Put in the next one. Read it into memory, and then it would run the software. Tell you what, that doesn't sound familiar at all. <laughs> well, <laughs> we've we've we we so, we've heard about it from like history what, what's a floppy and <laughs> so uh google for all you young kids <laughs> so wikipedia is a friend um, yeah so sheet of paper it had basic on there if you don't know what basic is it's a programming language mm. for all of you only know javascript people um, <laughs> shots fired <laughs> Shit. so uh, sheet of paper some code on it and what you would do is jump into there was only the terminal at that point <laughs> but you'd actually no type GUI. in all of all of this no there's no GUI. type in all of this code at the end you hit return and out came frogger and i could play frogger so that was my first experience doing that um ah gaming you every time you wanted to game you actually had to oh okay install or write this code in the first place so like that was my first experience of programming i was just copying stuff but that was my first the first yeah. program that i ran five. or whatever i don't know six i don't know <laughs> I, was, I was young anyway um yeah so also like i had a personal computer like my own pc in my own room like in grade six or something this was a deal oh, back yeah, then dude. like that's, yeah, a, that's so, like yeah. even like yeah. even like when we wow. were like <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a big thing right <laughs> like, my first the first computer i had that was when like, it had windows 3.1 on it windows what <laughs> 3.1 sorry 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 what <laughs> yeah windows 3.3.1 3. 3. that was the first no computer. our knowledge starts from it xp 98 for me 98 but anyway Wow. That was, wow. was 3.0, 3.1. Big difference. <laughs> so that was, that was my first experience as far as have owning a computer. I didn't program or anything. I just gamed. I had no clue about all that. Um, we did do some stuff in like at my school because, okay, I didn't grow up here entirely. We moved from here to Zimbabwe at, some, at one point from Zim, moved to SA. While I was in Zim, uh, I think this was grade six or something. We did have a computer class where we did. It was sort of like pathfinding, yeah. and in in in, I don't think it was Pascal. May have been basic again. I don't remember <laughs> now. But you do things like you know move from location here to there, yeah. and the end result if you program a sequence of steps, you know you could create shapes or patterns, yeah. whatever it was. But basic <laughs> stuff for kids, you know that that kind this of. This is good. Yeah. So that's what that's that was like the first. Times I started when I got older though and was deciding what to do with my life. I did not want this for myself. Really, I wanted to go into automobile design, but 
You know, you know how it is. Your parents, your parents don't see the same vision. <laughs> Different you know, pages. Yeah, yeah. Nah, sometimes you, you gotta. Reliable, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sometimes you gotta force it. You know what? Just do what I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I ended up just taking the easy route because I was like, well, computers. I'm comfortable with these things. I've used them all my life. Let me do that. Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up. In, yeah. I think, it, think it kind of worked out though. Okay, so so like fast fast forward to today, like how's it working out for you? I don't know. <laughs> it's working. Um, well, I mean, you know, as you guys know, I co-founded this one company. We're working on another one, um, trying to grow them, trying to deal with the challenges that we have in this country of ours because we don't have all of the tools, all of the infrastructure that is available in other countries yeah. yeah you know so yeah it's it's a challenge but it's a working challenge the nice thing is that we're actually doing something that makes some revenue ah. which is like the uh, the, the, the yeah. yeah it's yeah. the most important yeah. part yeah. right it was it was a long road to get there but having finally arrived here i would never work on something again without having figured out revenue first okay we'll get to that later you know, he mentioned something about um, the landscape right now, not having like the right tools mm-hmm. or maybe even affording the right tools oh. to build your stuff, which kind of ties into what we're talking about today, right? Yeah, yeah, Bootstrapping yeah. projects. Yeah, sure. Like, um, okay, we'll do rounds. Like experiences with open source, which is kind of like the go-to when you really don't want to pay for something, but you need something to build something. Is it about wanting to pay or just not being able? Yeah, and it's mostly not being Not able. being able, right? Yeah. There you go, yeah. Hmm. That's what I think. Because, I mean, the reason I even ended up touching open source, which I didn't even understand at first, or I didn't really know about, mm-hmm. I, got, I got to an appreciation or a knowledge of open source only when um, my, fir- my, my first job happened. So I was employed by my university, and they had essentially a center for open source technologies. Okay, so that was a place where they were building stuff that was open source for the university, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't know about any of that beforehand. Yeah. You know, so it was only when I got there that I actually realized, oh, this, this is, this is, this actually is a yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, as far as knowing what, what that is and gaining an appreciation for that, that's something that I stumbled upon myself but then the benefits of it really became clear once I realized that, oh, wait, you want to use C Sharp? Yeah. You actually mm, need to yeah. pay Microsoft to put <laughs> that on the server? Oh, yeah. So that yeah. Yeah, it changed, it changed a lot of things yeah. for me. Yeah. Oh, crap. You know, like... Um, it it didn't really hit deep until you're looking for like a like a like a like a mail platform like a free mail platform in case you know yeah, you're yeah. looking to integrate with like Google and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Then it hits you. Then you're like well, crap. Mail in what sense? Because there's so many to do what with mail. So. Oh, like webmail and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like that that became like a big deal. And you're thinking, oh, the company is not gonna because this is like in a corporation. They don't understand tech. Mm-hmm. They want you to integrate emails. You can't send emails from your exchange server because there's an issue because you're using an old server and they will not buy a new server. <laughs> They're like, and then no, now, why? like, it and works. so they still expect you to get it done. And like, I'm not paying for a service <laughs> to like get your work done. So now I have to look for something open source. Open source. Yeah. And then you know you stumble across a lot of stuff. And that for me that, that was like a that was like a big thing in terms of like getting work done mm. at a, like a at a low cost thing. And then I found Bootstrap. 
and like oh i can i can i can build a front end easily with this like free i don't even know why it's why is it free <laughs> it's like he came to that like for context listeners the look on his face like he came to that realization that he's like wait 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 a minute <laughs> <laughs> up in meme right <laughs> wait a minute like it's free like why why is it free <laughs> yo yo and like i jumped into laravel right and this is like open source and there's like this whole thing that lets you like build web applications easily like yeah. most of the work is done for you and you know there's this emphasis on actually getting work done it's not it's not about the glamour of writing code oh i yeah. can write code yeah. look i've got these lines of code yeah. on my screen like yep. it's about revenue right product. if you're talking revenue Just product yeah. like you need to deliver a product yeah. and you need to get it delivered fast yeah. and efficiently yeah. it should look good too you know users first and foremost it should work so you know there's like all this stuff and then like there's all this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, like, it's, it's it's similar to like I think everyone like you're just looking for the free option, but like the more I develop as a developer, pun intended, uh, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm realizing that if something can significantly streamline your workflow and you have to pay for it, mm. then I'm willing to pay for it. Yeah, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you talked about like Bootstrap and Laravel, like there are free options. Like right now I'm, 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 I'm working with like Spring and whatnot. Like they, they, there's all this free stuff. But when, when, when it comes to things like, um, okay, perfect example. And this isn't even a discussion about, uh, well it is, but uh, it's not directly talking about like open source. Uh, when you talk about things like web hosting, right? Usually, the more you pay, the better your uh, web hosting option, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Are we talking about shared stuff? Or what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's the thing, right? The cheapest is shared hosting, yeah. but it's not optimal when you're looking at scaling up. And like last week, uh, or like uh, In the last, last episode, episode yeah. we were talking about like scaling and whatnot. Like when you want to scale some of these things, the free option is the worst thing you can do because the free option is basically okay. We're all gonna we're gonna put you in that group of the cheap skates. We're gonna put you all on that server. And we're gonna be so. But wait, I thought the point was you bootstrap till you've got the money to pay for all the stuff yeah, that you need to scale. That's the point right? I'm making. Yeah. So you're 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 like for me in my experience, I use free things until I don't have to. Right. That's like basically that is encompassing my whole experience with open source. So if I have to pay for it, I will. I mean, I I feel like eventually, and you're talking about like revenue, when you want to streamline your workflow, you don't want to start building something from scratch. No, I I actually, you know what? There's this thing about, um, I know this is a very contentious thing like in the West because there are people who don't like the fact that people in software call themselves engineers. But there's an aspect to that that I agree with. You don't find engineers in, in the mechanical sense or however we want to define the people who deal with real world physical, you know, construction and mm-hmm. machinery problems, right? Those people don't go back and decide, you know what? The design of the bolt sucks. I'm going to build my own bolt. Yeah. Software people are a bit different in this because they're like, you know what? Yeah, I started learning JavaScript. The way I'm going to do this, I'm going to build a framework. And yeah, new framework every week. Mm-hmm. You know, so ah, JavaScript. There is a real, <laughs> a real thing to not building the wheel again. Yeah, because the wheel already works. 
it will get you from point A to point B. Like you know, mm-hmm. there's no reason to go and let me try a square. Let me try a hexagon. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to do this. Everybody knows <laughs> circular. It'll get you places. Yeah. This is fine. You know. So as far as that's that's concerned, I believe that if it's out there and you can use it to get your product out, mm-hmm. make use of it. Yeah. Because it helps you so much. You're not going to waste time. Particularly, one of the biggest things that I cannot be fussed with building is authentication. Yeah. Thank you. User, user management authentication. I'm not going to build this. Why? Thank you. You know, I had a whole conversation with some guy who was fussing about having, oh, my authentic, I built it myself. I'm like, dude, how long does you it take wasted, you to build like it? Like, you wasted, like, no offense. Like, you wasted your time if, like, you like from scratch built out an authentication system like it's and safe in the first place yeah that's the it's thing right the, the thing about open source the lovely thing about open source is that we haven't even defined open source but the, the lovely thing about open source is the fact that there are so many people that can contribute and at the same time audit whatever it is yeah so if you're not the security expert some guy who likes what you're working on who's a security expert can come in and say whoa you missed this 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 mm-hmm. there's a gaping hole here and there's a vulnerability here let's fix it by doing this 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 yeah. somebody finds a vulnerability uh, they fix it pushes a pull request let's uh, let's get that fixed whatever and you have a mature product at this point mm-hmm. you know so versus you building that yourself you're not going to handle all of the you know gaping holes in whatever it is that you built the way that a whole community of people that is worldwide can this i i I guess there's an internal sense of, ooh, I achieved something by yeah. doing X and, you know, it works. That's great. Yeah. But if you're actually trying to build something that is secure, that is, you're not going to have headaches about, it's going to be safe for your users, you're not going to have a problem like um, the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Yeah. You know, or even the Swiss voting system, <laughs> man. There you go. You know, like, yeah. So rather use something that's already tried, tested, you know, audited, and that'll get you moving faster. Yeah. Yeah, and in terms of authentication, right? Um, practical example, like I think in in almost all the web applications I built in twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen, right? Yeah. I made use of Laravel. Mm. Easy to find, easy to read documentation. Yeah. Uh, thousands of contributors ready to make it more secure. Yeah. Lots of feedback as well, and worked worked like a charm. Mm-hmm. Focus more on building what what the product is supposed to be yes. rather than focus on like the tiny details that will get you nowhere yeah so maybe uh defining open source right oh yeah because yeah, uh <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you just mentioned we didn't we didn't define what open yeah. source are like oh, listen well, to I, I think we're assuming that yeah 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 no just in case okay so uh i'm reading off wikipedia just so y'all know wikipedia is your friend <laughs> yeah i'm just i'm just i'm just giving you i'm just giving you like so and i quote open source software is a type of computer software in which source code is released under a license in which the copyright holder grants users right to study change and distribute software to anyone for any purpose so basically here's this source code you can change it you can use it in your software and distribute it you can use it to study you can use it to do whatever how you use it that's fine yeah that's, that's fine you. that's depending on the license yeah i, mean, I was just about to ask because <laughs> we have different types of licenses right yes yeah 
so the 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 one I keep running in and like I like when we talk about licenses I know little to nothing. But I the read them every yeah. time, except for the MIT. MIT is the most permissive one. So that's the one that I run into the most, the MIT one, right? That's the most permissive one. That's the use it. You don't have to tell anybody. You yeah. Do, you got this from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Make money off uh, of it. Change it. Yeah. Do whatever you want. And that's uh, that's the one that I I think I use uh, every time, like uh, when doing uh, like um, Node or whatnot. Like there's, you know, things where you put in like information about the project and whatnot, and there's the license. I think even GitHub has this yeah. thing where like it you can pick you can pick and like that's that's like my go to like MIT. Oh, it's, Okay, yeah. yeah, I'll I'll go with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but like yeah, that's open source. So yeah, the, this is I think it's open source dot org something like that. I think yeah. slash licenses something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We'll make sure. I will definitely make sure I got your backs, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, question. Mm. You you gave us a long list of uh, <laughs> all the software that you use. <laughs> um. For I think we should publish that list. <laughs> like, okay, I'll go through. I'll go through. <laughs> I've got a question though, uh, because uh, I know no one's looking at this list, but I am. Like, there's no, a lot I'm of stuff I've I've never really like used, <laughs> and I didn't know there was such a thing as Laravel Horizon. And I thought I used Laravel. Yeah, a lot. yeah, yeah. Do you me not too. <laughs> no, like yeah, honestly, yeah. I don't follow all the like the releases and yeah. the blog posts and whatever. Like mm-hmm. I, I think I only started doing that when they released Telescope because I was really interested. I was like, oh crap, Telescope. So like now, I'm, like that's the one I haven't used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so so now I look at it. I'm like, what's Horizon? So I look it up. I'm like, this is Telescope. So like, what's the difference? Is it? Okay. I've, okay. I haven't actually looked at Telescope yet. That was. There are periods of time when I kind of ignore new releases. For a bit, um, I was like, yeah, I was laughing. Man, you talk so much about your scaling episode. No, <laughs> oh, please, please. I think, yeah, I think yeah. you said this. Like, you know, there's in terms of future proofing. So it's yeah. Let me learn this language now, and then later mm. there's a new language. Then there's a new language. <laughs> like, listen, if what you're using works, chill with that. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's okay. You don't have to be with the new wave. It's it's fine. You know, but there are times when I do kind of like hunker down and ignore anything new just because what I'm working on needs to be better first. So, yeah, I, I missed what Telescope does. But as far as Horizon is concerned, well, it's basically a uh, bird's eye view of your queue management, really, um, with Redis. And there is what it's used for, in our case, um, Vesasani has a payments option that is uh, powered by MTN's mobile money and uh, basically that particular integration makes use of queues that are run on Redis and that just basically allows you to see what's going on with the queues. These are background processes. So mm-hmm. stuff in the background that's monitoring, is this done yet? Is this done? Mm-hmm. Do this now, do this, whatever, because we use PHP. So PHP is not like a, a uh, always on runtime engine. Yeah. So it starts, stops, starts, stops. You have a whole uh, client server request cycle. So yeah. you yeah. don't have stuff running in the background perpetually. So that's yeah. what we use queues for. So that's what we use Horizon. Yeah, and Telescope is kind of similar. Because um, you mentioned Redis, right? So Horizon is strictly Redis. Yeah. Is it? I, 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, I will not be an authority on this. I, yeah. I think so, but I don't want to. I don't want to lie. I'm okay. Sure. Okay, because I, I noticed from the explanation, like mm. telescope is similar, though it's mostly just visibility. It doesn't affect anything. It just more like a logger. It just logs whatever is happening. Okay. So like queues, requests, mm. um. Oh wait. Queries. No, no, no. Okay. No, I yeah. remember. I remember this. I remember this. Okay. No, it's not. Okay, similar to Horizon, but the the use case is different. Similar interface, etc. Yeah, yeah. Use case is different. That what I think telescope is really giving you a bird's eye view of your application's life cycle. So yeah. From your booting to your requests happening to uh, database queries, etc. All of your performance and all that. I think yeah. That's what that's what that product does. Uh, I would have to look it up to have a better idea. But I I think I remember what you're talking about. Just that it looks similar. What I like about Laravel at present. It does for PHP what Rails did for Ruby. Ruby, yeah. You know, there are a bunch of things that... The guys at Basecamp got right as far as building Ruby. Rails. Mm-hmm. Ruby, yeah. uh, Ruby and Rails. Ruby and Rails, yeah. And made into a product that other developers could take, run with, and then create amazing software with whilst contributing to an ecosystem that, like, allowed you to not rebuild the wheel yeah and you know ruby on rose actually picked up really quick i'm i I think i'll put a link to um the base camp podcast that explained how they started rails and that sort of thing and how it all blew up like they committed to it and built a platform using using rails and it was really amazing like now they've got like a bunch of contributors and stuff like that i don't know if it will pick up as much as react did and view uh like to the scale like the scale of growth um when you look at all three like React because of Facebook, obviously, picked up re- three years. What do, you, what do you mean by pick up though? Like, because of because oh, of Rails is old now. But in terms of what products Rails runs today, GitHub's on Rails. Um, GitHub's on a lot of platforms though. But the primary product when it mm. was made, it's Ruby. Like that's the start of it. Stripe started with Ruby. Like, mm. No, no. You know, let so me let me clarify. So basically, like when I talk about like pickup, is basically the number of contributors willing to push the oh, product forward. Okay, okay. So like React because of Facebook and all the money, all the whatever. Like mm-hmm. it's really picked up quickly over the last two three years. I think Vue, with absolutely no backing at all, has picked up in terms of contribu- contributors so greatly. It's amazing. What's Matomo though? Because I know it was on the list, yeah. and I could really couldn't Google everything on the list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got lazy to put links down for everything. I won't lie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. I did put a few links yeah, down. Yeah, I did. Nice, nice. So, so Matomo, Matomo is a rebranded, a rebrand of what used to be called Piwik. Okay. Um, Piwik is an open source analytics platform. It is the equivalent of your Google Analytics. Google, and yeah. Open source, yeah. and you self-host it. Mm. So one of the issues with Google an- Analytics. Um, if you notice in there, they actually estimate a bunch of your data. Mm. They're crunching so much data mm. that mm. they're not giving you necessarily exact, the exact years. Yeah, yeah. numbers for everything. Yeah. So in our case, like you're getting an estimate or like a broad, a broad look at what your numbers may be, quote unquote. Oh, really? So you eliminate any fuzziness because like there'll be days when my co-founder Jeremy would ask me, "Dude, how many sales did we have today?" Like and he's trying to confirm because we've got different number in our in our, our store backend mm-hmm. versus what's showing up in the Google analy- Analytics, mm-hmm. and that's because they're fuzzing some of the numbers sometimes, hmm. just because well they crunch a lot of data. So you know you can select yeah I want my results to be more accurate, 
but it takes longer for the for the results for you for all the data to refresh each time you change pages etc so just removing that from the equation basically host host it yourself and we get better stats from Matomo. so like there's there's great stuff in there great stuff in there. so wait how much bootstrapping have you guys actually done at Mbesasani? like uh if you're self-hosting are you self-hosting on like I, I, I'm just trying to get an insight. I know you can't answer all questions. Do you, do you have your own server? And physical. Yeah, like no, a physical no, we, server? No, we do not. Oh, okay. I would never do that. <laughs> I would never do that. Wait, is that based solely on cost? Or is this like a... Bunch of other it's factors. On <laughs> okay. no, it's, it's on work. work. If, if, you, if you have a, phys- a physical server, you mm. now need to be a server admin. Mm. I'm a developer. True. Yeah. I hate doing... Okay. Yeah, I hate doing dev- yeah. DevOps. Being quite frank, I'm a developer. I would like to work on product. Mm. I don't want to spend time debugging why. Um, let's find an example here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why are there no logs right now? Oh wait, wait, wait. Mm. Why is the application bugging here? And then realizing, oh, it can't write logs. Why can't it write logs? Oh, there's a permissions issue. Oh, I need to. Mm. That, that's, oh, that's, that's not my yeah. life. And like, if we go, if you have your own server, this is more into there's a problem with the network um you have to okay so firstly cost because if you go to net one and ask them to actually uh uh, give you what do they call it is it two you or one one u whatever yeah yeah you know it's funny one u two u so i was asking what's one u two it's just like you know this little space in the rack one rack rack is like one u so Mm. for, for them to give you you know space for one rack uh, you know, you're talking some, I think it's $500. The, uh, I last went there like three years ago. So oh, wow. these are old numbers. But it's like $500 a month. You know, you, yes, they'll, they'll, you know, their data center has all of the power backups and whatever it is. But then you're paying for your own internet connection. So you have to have a conversation with one of the ISPs on some, hey, can I have some internet to my box, please? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you're paying for that by yourself. If there's a problem with it, yes, they've got a backup, but you always have to be on the ball for that. It's a lot of work. I would rather um, have what we have, which is just make use of VPSs and and deal with that that issue. That's that's a lot better, you know. Instead of having your own hardware, is there's no use case for us to have our own hardware at this point. The costs the costs don't make sense. So where else are you shaving the costs? All over the place, man. well, firstly, we don't employ anybody. <laughs> so that's, that's one thing. You can um, do that? <laughs> yes. You can make people work. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Didn't Kanye have a song about this called New Sum? Anyway. Um, well, obviously, everything that we use, well, not everything, but most of the stuff that we use is open source. So, you know, we're not paying license things on our server mm. because we're not using anything that's Microsoft related or whatever. You know, we don't have massive enterprise costs in terms of the stuff that we're using. So, you know, uh, granted that comes with no support from mm. somebody who really knows what's going on. Yeah, which stuff. is the downside, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's working all right for us at the moment because, you know, we don't necessarily have the, the most capital in this country. I think even getting to where we've gotten to is difficult in this country because it's hard to actually put aside money here. Yeah, you know the the simple facts are that in the IT industry in Zambia, you're not getting the kinds of salaries. Or in fact, let me just even say across the board doesn't have to be yeah. IT. Across the board, we don't get the kinds of salaries that really allow you to save, save the way people can build for 
you know what, I'm going to become an entrepreneur, let me create runway, mm-hmm. and I'm going to save enough to give me six a year. months, a mm-hmm. year of runway mm-hmm. to live the same lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? Maybe sure. cut down a little bit, but I've heard so of people, yeah. people doing this, they've got families, you know, yeah. they've, they've got a wife, a newborn, yeah. and I'm quitting my job, I've got a year's worth of runway, yeah. I'm going to try something for myself. You can't do that. Yeah. No. You know, and we've pumped in, I kid you not, six figures, which we haven't yet made back, but you know, yeah. that's you know, that's the kind the kind of thing that we yeah. decided, you know, we're gonna do this yeah. and actually make this work work, work yeah. you know, kind of thing. So and in order to do that, you have to take the cuts wherever you can. And yeah. if that's not paying for certain pieces of software, figuring it out figuring it out by yourself, then that's that's what you've gotta do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would have wanted you to speak um, a bit more on the front end as well. No, because you're a front end guy. Yeah, yeah. and look, um, yeah. Like ah, so the, 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 the great divide <laughs> right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's the front end and back end. Yeah, and <laughs> like, um, like, we, uh, like we mentioned before, it's just mm. if you log onto a site now, it's just simple, it's just straightforward. Mm. All you have to do is search, click, you know. Mm-hmm. and buy it you know it's it's simple so i'd I'd, I'd want to know how um i saw ui kit okay yeah uh, um okay so i i would love to take credit for everything about the way that it yeah. looks but it's just a heavily customized paid theme yeah. to be quite honest yeah. like our store okay the, the stack the stack is a bit broad so our store is basically wordpress running woocommerce for the payments yeah. not by choice but that was the only way to get card payments running without having to build the card payments processing myself which I wasn't going to do yeah and so <laughs> yeah, okay so I don't know how much detail to get into here I'll leave this for now okay so yeah. <laughs> WordPress WooCommerce and then in addition to that we have a bunch of things so there is the corporate website then there is uh, some back-end tools that we have there yeah. is a not yet released um, rights holder or publisher platform which gives reporting for artists okay. there is a backend that manages all of the processing of music and putting all of the information into the store mm. because this is not because of the fact that we were forced into doing the woocommerce and wordpress thing getting all that information into there is not a manual task that has to be automated so there is a whole yeah, laravel backend mm. that makes use of a bunch of stuff to actually take raw if it's wave or mp3 that we get from artists Mm -hmm. take all of that turn it into a real database of content including uh processing everything to the point where we have all the 20 second previews as well as distributable payloads when people buy stuff that goes on to amazon's uh s3 um bucket yeah so all, all of that in the in the background as well so as far as the front end of the store, that's a heavily customized paid thing, which uses foundation. Okay. Uh, as far as the the, the front the the front end framework yeah. for that, then let's see, uh, UI kit is on our um, corporate website about Yeah. And uh, there's also I use Spectre for yeah, uh, the payments so yeah. mobile money payments yeah. that uses Spectre okay. because that takes you that takes you from the store to a different to a Laravel a Laravel setup which actually yeah. does the, the mobile money payments mm. 
runs that. So yeah, that's there's a, there's a, there are a few. That's, that's a lot parts. of wheels actually. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. it is. And most people, I, I was going to say this as well. Most people don't usually see that that whole process. Eh? Yeah. You think d- design is actually how it works. <laughs> the fact that look, honestly the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. This, this is a running argument and I, you, you know me I, I respect front-end designers like yeah. i'm not a ux ui guy i mm. suck at that stuff like yeah. really i've noticed like, yeah <laughs> sorry sorry yeah okay uh-huh hey, hey, no. try. i suck so bad that i just said you know what i'm just back in this fine. is not me <laughs> like, yeah. i just yeah. can't like, yeah. you mean you're not full stack <gasps> <laughs> not full stack at all. I I, I I I I I hated full stack. I, I'm not gonna lie, and it was just the front end. Yeah. You guys have had a conversation about this, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades. Anyway, I was, I was just about to conclude. Like, um, front end stuff. If you can find like a like a paid team that does sixty percent of the work for you, yeah. I think that really works. Yeah. Uh, it depends. Okay, it really is, depends I, on. I, I, so, yeah. so for us. <laughs> At the end of the day, mm. we need product. Mm-hmm. So it's all right. How long is it going to take me to do this? Because if you have a team, mm-hmm. if I've got a guy who's doing who's doing yeah. UI and UX, mm. this is easier. I don't have to yeah. worry about this. Here, these are the API endpoints. Mm. Just make sure you map to these. Or here's here's a uh, a mock server here. Here's some dummy data. Just Build it, on yeah. that. Mm-hmm. We'll integrate we'll later. Tie it to, yeah. Right. We'll mm-hmm. tie it together later. If I could do that, great. I'm doing everything though. Mm. And mentioning all of these moving components that I just talked about, I don't have the time to be building the UI from scratch. Mm. I would love to. This is in the pipes. There's a plan for this, Mm. but it's not now. And it's more likely to happen when I can employ somebody to help me out with that workload. Because it's very difficult trying to keep all of those moving parts together. Like say, for instance, the platform for... Uh, our rights holders and publishers. This mm. is something actually that's way behind just because it's so hard to keep developing and iterating on everything at once. Yeah. You know? Guys, let's talk mental health. How are you dealing with it? Dude. Dude. I took a turn. No, 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 no. No. I was wondering how how that's that question. Mukuma just point blank. Hey, I'm a blunt guy. You know what? Um, to be honest, it can be hard, right? Because, l- yeah. listen, building your own things, this is a difficult thing. It's helped by the fact that there is revenue. Mm. The fact that we're paying taxes. Oh. The fact that for the last two years, three months, we've been paying artists. The fact that we've built something that actually makes this happen. The mm. fact that the last in the last payout we paid out artists and one artist was on twitter going buck on some money hit the account (laughs) (laughs) the fact that that happens is a great motivator and it keeps you like it gives you purpose yeah i think one of the things about dealing with mental health on different levels of course you know is that you need to be doing something that gives you a sense of value and some, you know, something yeah, that makes you feel for, like what yeah. you're doing is worth yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what keeps you going. You need that fuel. So in my case, having that be a thing is what has helped me keep plugging away at this stuff. Mm. And then also the best cure for any time that you're feeling low. Because, you, you know, you get the times, you get your imposter syndrome, yeah. you get your... Not doesn't really, sound like really you do this. you know it doesn't sound no, like it everybody, does right? everybody, yeah. gets this. everybody yeah. gets this um 
I don't really feel good at this. I don't, you know, you, you have low motivation, whatever mm. it is. Best cure, ship something. Just even no matter how small, right? Doesn't matter how small it is. That's that's why I actually even made um, silhouette. I was bummed out. <laughs> I was bummed out. Silhouette is really small, really, yeah, really tiny. It, it is really tiny. I kept finding myself. I would make do a new install of Laravel. I'm thinking, okay, I just want to test out something, and then I'm like, oh, I need to do a little front end piece for login. Mm. I need to do the login form and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and the profile thing and whatever. I don't want to always be doing this. I want to do that so bad. And uh, I was like, you know what? Let me just do this. Uh, this is the first time I put together a package that you could actually pull and add to a project. This is the yes. first time I did that. Before that, anything I had done open source was just, I'm using something, I've found an issue, let me contribute and fix that thing. Yeah. This is the first time I did that myself. And you do it, I didn't do it for somebody necessarily to use immediately, but I now was pulling in my own project yeah. you know, into yeah. my, own, my own stuff. And I was like, oh, wait, no, this is actually cool. Yeah. I, I pulled it in too. So um, just in case no one told you this, there's some people that actually use Silhouette. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Um, we're getting to the end. Yeah. Like, we're getting to near the end. You talked about imposter syndrome. There's something in his nose. I don't know if you, like, read on this, but it's the Dunning-Kruger effect. Like, yeah. I read this and I was like... It describes the the growth of an individual. It can be in any field, but definitely it applies to software development. There's this phenomenon where you just start, and I'm sure you've seen this a lot. I get this a lot because let me explain what it is first. <laughs> so there's that initial excitement of learning something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And actually figuring it out for the first time and etc. And this feeling like I know what I'm doing. Mm. Whilst not realizing you don't know much about the subject matter. And over time you realize, wait, the subject matter is huge yeah. and your confidence starts to drop. And you reach this valley wherein you've understood the subject matter is wide. You've gained some knowledge, but mm. now you really feel like you don't know anything. Yeah. And the more knowledge you gain, the better you are, yes, right? The more Versus you see. at the beginning where yeah. you, you thought that you knew everything but you yeah. weren't good. The more knowledge you gain, the more you realize what you don't know. More but better, yeah. at the same time you're better. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, just to jump in on that, like most people give up at that point the critical at the points, bottom yeah. of the valley mm. yeah. where you see what you got yourself into mm. and then you go Fuck me. And yeah. then you're just like, yeah. crap. Like, I've experienced that quite a lot. Mm. I'll start yeah, like, like a... I was, like, when he was explaining it, I was like, shit, like... Yeah. JavaScript like journey, right mark, yeah. huh? React, <laughs> Angular, Vue. Like, I've been through all yeah. of those. Yeah. I've been through to the valley and just like, what am I doing this for? Yeah. <laughs> like, should, um, right now, this is not even related to whatever I'm building for work. So, I'm doing this for fun, basically. So, yeah, I, I kind of relate there's to that. A, I just didn't know what it was called. There's a book that really helped me by Seth Godin the dip it's called the dip seth godin yeah. is the god yeah yeah you should read it i i, I should the, the dip the dip okay yeah so basically basically what you say yeah but it's the there's, dip. Something, there's something as well for in related to startups mm. um basically called the trough of sorrow mm. you build a thing this is chasing product market fit mm. uh, so you build a thing you think you've built a thing for a specific market or use case yeah and it doesn't necessarily hit so at the beginning, you've got all this excitement and the, curve, yeah. and the graph is going up, but then it goes down. 
after you know all of your friends, family, and all the people who feel pity have supported uh, your product. Yes. Mm-hmm. After all that, they've supported down, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> after all that enthusiasm dies down, then there's this. Wait, nobody's using it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's the drop of sorrow. Yeah. Until you finally find a point where oh, you make tweaks, changes, whatever, or it finally clicks with people, and then it starts going up. Yeah, yeah. So it's from then. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's also something as far as like startups and and you know life life, life in oh, general, man. Dude, like um, yeah. I'm I'm thinking like like we need to do a podcast on some of this material because yeah. like it's hitting hard. <laughs> yeah. Personally, and you know this like, is like a really wonderful way to like close the podcast because what you just talked about, like even the trough of sorrow, like it's it's a really big deal, and one of the things that I really find valuable is having a listening ear. Like you never tweak. You never know what to tweak if you're not listening yeah. for like feedback or like little tiny chatter. Sometimes it's mm. not like directly at you. Yeah, sure. It's just snippets that you hear around and you suddenly pick it up and then you start like fixing it in and it's really valuable. Mm. So, last thoughts, everybody? What do you call that book again? The Dip. The Dip. The yeah. Trough of yeah. Sorrow. The, no, no, the book. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that the book? almost everything oh, in was life. Oh, book? Trough of, the trough of sorrow. No, it's it's just a, it's a, like it's, a theory. It's on the internet somewhere. You, you'll okay. find it. Somebody, somebody wrote about it in a, a blog post. It's like yeah, yeah. It's, it's around. Yeah. You'll find it. You'll yeah. find it. So the trough of sorrow, yeah. you will see it. And it'll be in the show notes. So yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Cases, even even in his book, like he cites that everything in life worth doing is controlled by the dip. And he mm. gives examples of founders and entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and it's it's it's, it's deep. If there are people who, if you're on an, uh, a startup journey or trying to become an entrepreneur, mm. I can't recommend enough. Um, my, I made my co-founder listen to this when we were start when we were starting business. We had a very interesting time because when we were launching, we had a lot of trips here into Osaka. We were based in Ndola, for those who don't know. Yeah. We came down here a bunch of times and we talked about everything during during that period and. I made him listen to this podcast because I had found it so impactful. It really describes the journey that you go through if you do have, if you are building something with somebody else and you're not doing it alone. But um, the interactions that go on between people who found something is really, really, there's nothing like this aside from like actual romantic relationships. It's, it's, it's that deep. It's chemistry. It's right? that deep. Yeah. So. Yeah, if if you're on this kind of journey, definitely you need to check out season one of a pod, podcast called Startup, which is uh, published by Gimlet. Uh, amazing. I've actually amazing, heard of it, yeah. Amazing, amazing. What's what? Startup? Yeah, yeah Startup. Okay. You know what? It's um, published by Gimlet. Okay. You know what? Like, or recently bought by Spotify. Uh, yeah. Thank you. That is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, as I was about to say, um, you know what you just mentioned? I had that thing today. Um, I have a co-founder, right? Mm-hmm. And I called him today, like out of the blue. I'm like, dude, um, how do we make a million by the time we're 35? Like, it was like, we went on this tangent and it was romantic. Like, it's like, this, you can't explain this relationship. You really can't. No, you can't. Yeah. I, I shit you not, yeah. you really can't. Yeah. And at, at some point I mentioned to him, you know, I wouldn't have done this with anyone else, right? <laughs> and, and I say like, this, dude. I feel. I, I say this, way. and I sh- I say You're this. Running that game, huh? Yeah, <laughs> and I say this, and he's like, yeah, I know. I don't like. 
Yeah, like so. so I got it. I got it. I was like, dude, I know we haven't made we haven't made the progress we wanted, but dude, we'll get there. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is Sawbones on Twitter. Um, Sawbones on Instagram. Uh, Sawbones. So Jorelli three sixty. Okay, and that's at uh, Zambian underscore geek. Okay, if you're looking for me, I am on basically everything at TWMBX. Uh, if you're interested in the Sasani and what we're doing, we're on every social platform that matters, we think. Uh, at mm-hmm. the Sasani, that's spelled M V E S E S A N I. Yeah. Buy some music. <laughs> yeah. love it if you yeah. do that. Also, yeah. if you go to the Vesasani website, please click on Zamrock. Like, guys, the visuals, amazing. Mm. I'll, leave you, I'll leave you with mm. that. <laughs> let let me do that just now. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Codecast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CodecastZM and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss a show. Leave us a rating on iTunes and please do tell a friend about the show.